Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, thank you all for being here today. First, I want to acknowledge that we are gathered uh, today on Treaty 6 land, and we respect the histories and languages and cultures of our First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, and all First Peoples of Canada, whose presence continues to enrich our vibrant communities. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Edmonton Police Chief uh, Dale McPhee, Councillor Sarah Hamilton uh, from the uh, City of Edmonton, and Alexandra Hritsu uh, from the Edmonton Downtown Recovery Coalition uh, to provide an update on uh, a key initiative to get 50 more uniformed officers on the streets of Edmonton. Boots on the ground is what this city needs at a turbulent time as social disorder continues to occur, putting Edmontonians at risk. And as we all know, violent crime continues to be a significant challenge in all of our urban centers, particularly in Edmonton and Calgary. In Edmonton, all statistics indicate that violent crime continues to grow. This alarming trend is deeply concerning for Edmontonians. We must act now to make our city streets safe again. The Alberta government has zero tolerance for these senseless crimes by criminals who think there will be no consequences. Earlier this year, under the direction of Premier Smith, our government committed to working with the City of Edmonton, the Edmonton Police Service, and the Edmonton Police Commission to add 50 new officers to EPS ranks to help curb the tide of growing violence. Today, I am pleased to announce a pivotal investment of $8.3 million to enable the recruitment, training, and deployment of these 50 new officers. They'll be strategically stationed in high crime areas such as downtown core, uh, transit corridors, and other problem areas. We know officer presence matters, and having uniform officers in these areas will help deter criminal activity and provide Edmontonians with a sense of safety and security as they go about their lives. These 50 officers will be permanently funded by the uh, Alberta's government, and given the concerning rise in violent crime in the city, we have worked to provide this in-year funding of $8.3 million to get boots on the ground as soon as possible. I will have Chief McPhee speak about uh, uh, when the new officers will be trained, equipped, and of course ready to be deployed. I will note that this funding will help cover the costs of uh, the officers' salaries and benefits, as well as vital uh, equipment needs like vehicles, uniforms, radios, and of course body-worn cameras. Essential tools to help empower these officers to uphold law and order. So let me emphasize, Edmontonians have an inherent right to walk through the city streets or take public transit without fear. I'd like to relay a message to violent criminals in the city of Edmonton who wreak havoc on our city streets. You are not welcome here. I know everyone here shares our goal of a safer, uh, more secure Edmonton for everyone. And with this announcement today, we will strengthen the capabilities of our law enforcement partners to stand against the dangers that threaten our peace and safety because police funding matters. But we know we cannot just arrest our way out of this, and enforcement is only one part of the strategy that addresses complex and related issues like crime, addiction, mental health, and of course homelessness. For the government of Alberta, that means continuing to invest in addiction and mental health services and supports. Gangs who use violence to prey on vulnerable residents believe that they are untouchable. And Alberta's government will do whatever it takes to make sure that they end up behind bars. In closing, I want to extend my gratitude to the Edmonton Police Service for their incredible work that they do to keep our city uh, safe every day. 
I commend them for their tireless work they put in as their lives are in danger at any time they put on their uniform. By working hand in hand with EPS, we are going to take back our streets from violent criminals one way or another. And with that, I would say thank you very much, and I will now invite Chief McPhee to the podium. Thank you, Minister Ellis, and <clears throat> I'd also like to take a minute to thank Chair Hatman from our Police Commission, uh, obviously for providing the support to us along with the entire Commission and getting us today. I'd like to thank Councillor Hamilton, obviously, for her support, not only as a former Commissioner, but also as a Councillor, and of course, Alex Raichu for the consistency and the persistence of the Downtown Recovery Team, because really what we're all here to do is achieve the same common goal. Today, as the Minister has said, EPS is taking the next step, step in tackling Edmonton's high crime areas, reckless criminal behavior, which obviously a focus on the violence. Months ago, Minister Ellis committed in helping us hire 50 more officers, and I am pleased to stand beside him today as he reaffirms that commitment to safety. To say these resources are greatly needed is an understatement. In the past year, we have watched violent incidents, as I mentioned, like weapons, firearms, knives increase at an alarming rate, and this is not welcome and must be addressed. While there are areas like transit and the downtown core that face the brunt of it, we know that the unacceptable levels of crime and violence are felt in communities across the city as these particular individuals wreak havoc in various areas of our city. We don't have to look far to find the names of those who have been victimized or those whose lives have been changed by irrevocably as a result of violence. Without a doubt, safety is the front of mind for all Edmontonians and will continue to be that way. Make no mistake, these 50 officers alone, as the Minister said, will not be a cure-all. It does not rest on the shoulders of these consuls alone to solve the problems that have been years in the making. <clears throat> but when added to the long list of things EPS, its partners and other levels of government are doing to improve public safety, it will help address the city's more immediate needs while building a system to obviously support the actions. At EPS, we have already started making allotments in our upcoming recruit classes and anticipated that by the end of 2024, we will have expanded our transit community safety teams from two to six teams of eight officers. I also want to make a comment right now that <clears throat> although in the few years of the defund movement, our recruiting has went down to below where it ever used to be, and now it's trending up very much positively because everybody realizes and recognizes that this is something that we have to get done, and we have record numbers of applications for the first time in a long time. Beyond those specific teams, this funding will support more officers to, to manage and suppress crime within the transit system, surrounding areas, surrounding neighborhoods. They will go where they're needed, once they're needed, and based on the data and evidence and intelligence that we all have and available to us, which as you also are aware, we spent a considerable amount of time building a new intelligence system within EPS. The EPS is and always will be data-driven, an organization when it comes to deployment over resources, and a reminder of us all being done on the backdrop of many high-profile changes the EPS has already made, including increases in the size of our recruit classes, redeploying frontline officers, our 10-squad model, the Healthy Streets Operation Center, just to name a few. These changes have helped us progress in curbing crime and violence, but I know it comes at a no surprise that I still say there is a long way still to go. 
We will and we will continue to be adaptive, responsive in our approach to public safety, working hard to ensure that our resources are used in the most effective way in keeping Evertonians safe. But I speak for the rest of the service when I say it's my sincere hope that these resources will obviously accelerate our efforts and I'm very confident that they will. But also to help lighten the load of our frontline officers by stemming the flow of crime and disorder originating, displaced from transit, the down car, downtown core, surrounding areas, because it is really all about accountability. I'd like to extend my gratitude to all those who made today possible for standing beside me in the support of these resources. I'd like to thank the citizens of Edmonton for their support in our police service, during, uh, which was being a very difficult year. As I said, losing is not an option here. We have youth in this community that need help, we need support, we need to create that safe environment where it's easy to be livable, affordable, and safe. But to use those three words separate is a mistake. They need to be put in the same sentence. And today we're talking about safety and we will do our utmost best to actually come back in a year's time with a big difference in some of these numbers. Thank you and uh, again, we'll be open for questions later and I'm gonna turn it over to Councillor Hamilton. Thank you, Chief McPhee. Um, Edmontonians have been loud and clear that, public, that safe public spaces are a priority. The funding and prioritization of transit centers and the core is an investment in our shared and long-term commitment to create a safe and vibrant city. In, uh, over the past couple of years, Edmonton has invested in creating safe public spaces. Uh, this past fall, uh, City Council set uh, a funding formula, so EPS has reliable funding going forward. Uh, uh, right now in Council Chambers, uh, Council is hearing about the Unison Downtown Program, which is a public safety deployment technology. There's been Chinatown and Downtown Vibrancy Grants, as well as the Community Outreach Transit Teams. And while there is a general trend, uh, downward trend on violent crime, nonetheless, perceptions of safety remain the biggest barrier to getting people back into the core and back onto transit, which amongst other things is very important for Edmonton's ongoing economic recovery. This will help give certainty to Edmontonians, not just in the core, but across the city as staffing levels can be stabilized. Um, the accelerated funding uh, means that we can get police on the ground quicker uh, into the city and is a key piece of addressing the chronic safety concerns um, and working towards our shared goals uh, of public safety. So thank you to the provincial government for continuing to prioritize the safety and well-being of Edmontonians and the community. Uh, and thank you to the community um, through which uh, organizations like the Downtown Recovery Co Coalition, as well as many, many others, have advocated for the safety and livability of our city. I'd now like to turn it over to Alex Hertzu from the Downtown Recovery, Recovery Coalition to say a few words. Thank you, Councillor and Chief and uh, Minister Ellis. I'm Alex Tritzio and I'm the chair of the Downtown Recovery Coalition. And on behalf of the DRC, a steering committee of over 30 community leaders, property owners, city builders, business owners, and uh, not-for-profit representatives, we appreciate the collaborative efforts uh, the Edmonton Police Service and the provincial government have put into addressing high crime areas. We know from other cities that the presence of law enforcement and even proactive policing 
increases the perception of safety and can reduce incidents of crime and disorder. And this investment is a part of a comprehensive approach that includes addressing root causes of crime, fostering community engagement, and providing social services and implementing measures to create more vibrant and public spaces. So we're incredibly appreciative of the effort and the work and the ongoing um, attention to the downtown core and transit areas. Thank you so much. Uh, this brings us to the uh, question and answer portion of our announcements. Uh, we do have uh, quite a number of reporters here on the floor. If you have a question, I would just uh, ask you to make your way to the mic and we will go to the phone shortly. Uh, so we'll uh, lead off with our first question. Perfect. Shalon Skalski with CTV News here in Edmonton. Uh, either the minister or the chief, just looking for some more clarity in terms of timeline. Uh, chief, you mentioned uh, by the end of 2024, we'd see more transit officers. Uh, can you confirm that all 50 officers will be trained and deployed by the end of next year? And if that is the case, what do you say to Albertans who say that doesn't do anything to solve the problems that, real problems that we're facing right now? Well, first of all, we've already deployed resources into these areas. What we're doing is backfilling some of the other areas. So we've already got a presence in transit. But what we're trying to do now is we went from recruiting recruit class sizes of 32 to 50. So we run three classes a year, so that's an extra 24, uh, sorry, uh, 54 officers a year uh, that we're actually starting to put through recruitment. Plus, we're actually, we changed how we actually recruit experienced officers, and we put through 10 this year. Plus, we're going to build a step-down program of what maybe we just don't need a badge and a gun at. What can we do with the lesser to take duties away? So. A very complex answer that I gave you, but we're dealing with it in multiple ways, and this funding allows us to get there and get these bodies back in place as quick as we can uh, with uh, the capacity we have. So we're going to fill the capacity of our classes uh, in, you know, in a couple of years. We'll have all the backfill everywhere, but the reality is, is these resources are going to those high areas to combat it right now, and we've already put a bunch of officers in there, so we will continue to do that. Just for some clarity then, the 50 new officers that we're talking about today, they will all be accounted for, they'll all be in positions by the end of next year, is that what you're saying? By the end of next year, we should be pretty close depending on how our recruitment classes go, but yes, we should be pretty darn close because what that really means is if you do the math, 54 additional officers, that's one year, but then it doesn't take into the experienced officer classes and it doesn't take into the step down. All three of those things are where we're going to focus to get those filled, yes. Can I ask a second follow-up just for the minister unrelated uh, for a colleague? Sorry if I could. If I could. Um, just a question for a colleague. I'm wondering if you can provide any details on the treatment center in, in Mascochis, Wetaskiwin area and conversations with the province in that regard. Uh, no specific update. The only thing I would say is that certainly we're in the process of building 11 world-class world uh, treatment centers throughout the province. Uh, we are uh, committed to the recovery-oriented system of care, uh, something that has been internationally recognized. And, um, you know, certainly, um, you know, the, we, of course, the Red Deer one opened up. Uh, Lethbridge is about to be open, if not mistaken. Of course, we're in the process of building one on the Blood Reserve, and uh, we have one coming in the Siksika Nation, uh, Sutina Nation, Enoch Nation, and, uh, again, there's, I'm probably missing a few, but there's a plethora of, of, of ones that are going to be coming here. And, you know, I can tell you uh, anecdotally, uh, the reports that I've heard coming out of the Red Deer uh, model has been um, quite remarkable, uh, whether it be from staff or whether coming from uh, the clients themselves. Um, I think that there's real hope in understanding that addiction itself is a neurobiological illness 
and that is getting the healthcare attention that it deserves in order to get people on a pathway to recovery. Minister, while you're still there, Sarah Ryan, Global News. I just want to be 100% clear. So this is not new officers. This is funding strictly for the officers the province already committed to. Yeah. So yeah, the money that we committed to it was an election campaign. So promise made during the campaign. Yeah. Sure. And so can you talk about this 8.3 million? Is this um, just for one year, or is this um, funding that will be committed to year after year? We know we've heard from police on how important that commitment is. Um, so uh, as I said during the election campaign, this is uh, meant to be uh, predictable, sustainable funding. Uh, we are committed to this uh, on a go-forward basis for both uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Regarding the specifics of the 8.3 million, I, I'm going to have to defer to the chief on that. <coughs> so obviously to expedite this, some of the first dollars in will be obviously getting the equipment for them, so we don't have the delay in relation to that. But we've already, as I mentioned earlier, backfilled a lot of those positions into the problem areas. Now we're just going to continue to recruit to backfill that. So. Uh, we will be able to expedite this uh, just by, as, as you heard the minister mention, radios, body cameras, all those things that are obviously required in an officer. So to his point, this is fully funded. Um, my last question, Chief, can you just talk about what changes, if any, we've seen from shifting those officers into the key areas? Yeah, I, I think the biggest one that stands out uh, is transit. Uh, with putting 50 officers in there, we've seen a significant drop in crime level in relation to transit ever since we've been in there. I think that's something we obviously have to maintain because when it gets colder, people will migrate into transit and we need to continue to do that. Uh, but we've seen a remarkable one there. We've seen some obviously changes in the downtown area since we've gone to the whole safer public spaces in relation to open air drug use. Obviously, we still got to take uh, some new course of action in relation to encampments and things as cold and, uh, and not being safe with our partners. But we're seeing some major changes in that area. Where we are really focusing now, too, though, is the resources that we put into the guns and the gun violence and the actual violence on the street is, is probably our biggest concern right now. And back to what the minister was saying earlier, that relies heavily on being able to hold some people in jail, like whether it's Bill C-75 or C-48. Those changes need to come now. Like, I'm not sure what we're waiting for. Uh, we have way too many people that get picked up for serious, serious violent offenses that are out days later. And that has to stop for the full fruition of our efforts. Uh, so that is obviously another area both the province and all the police services across the country are focused on. Hi, Keith Ryan from the Edmonton Journal. I think for the minister, um, the chief may want to weigh in as well. Uh, I'm a little confused about the timing. As you noted, the announcement of this new officers was back before the election. We're now in mid-December when you're announcing the funding. So I'm wondering what took so long there. Or has the Edmonton Police Service been able to recruit and move ahead just based on the promise of the funding coming? Yeah, I'll let the, the chief uh, speak to that uh, regarding the, but look, I mean, you know, it's it, it, there. There aren't 50 you know unemployed police officers that are fully trained sitting on the streets right now that uh, the chief can just hire and, and, and put them up, put them to work. It takes uh, time to plan. It takes time to recruit. It takes time to train. Uh, my own experience, and I'm sure the chief will supplement this, but to really get a fully trained and qualified police officer that can really handle uh, any call to service takes about five years. So uh, they they have they have. They're going as fast as they can. They're, 
they're they're moving as far as I'm concerned at a bit I would say light speed. I mean, 20 years ago when I was when I was applying, it might be I think two years before I might get a phone call back. Quite frankly, that I might get hired. So the fact that they're recruiting and getting people uh, and, and they have classes that are ongoing, I think, is uh, remarkable, and I appreciate that. Oops, sorry, Mr. Uh, Keith. Great question. I mean. The difference here right now is a promise and now the check has been actually delivered and the reality is, is we made obviously plans based on promises. Now it is we can purchase equipment and we can do things quicker. So what this really does is this expedites everything for us because now we can get a lot of things in place to actually fulfill uh, what we've actually been planning. So um, yeah, it hasn't changed but the reality is now we have those funds which are extremely beneficial to us. Uh, I think you've covered our budget long enough. Sometimes we think we have money and then we don't. So this is where we actually have money. So, and just to the chiefs, I think it's important for Edmontonians to know that um, you know that you know the Alberta government uh, recognizes that um, there is there there are problems from a social civil disorder issue to guns and gangs issue. And it's important to let the public know that we are we are out there. We recognize that we are supporting our law enforcement community. We're supporting the Edmonton Police Service to make sure that they have the tools in the toolbox in order to protect the citizens of Edmonton. And I think it's important to get that message out. Okay. Follow up uh, also for the minister. I'm wondering if you could pro provide an update on a couple of other changes you previously announced. Uh, one around the body cams. What's the status report on getting those? And also the the new agency to uh, handle police complaints. Uh, well, certainly the the new agency to handle the police complaints um, that uh, that works ongoing. Um, we're we're still in the process uh, of building it. Again, no um, simple task. Um, really, it's taking um, every complaint system that we have throughout the province and bringing it back into or putting it into one independent agency. So. Uh, right now, the department has indicated to me that uh, you know they're on track um, and that 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 uh, that process is still ongoing. Uh, in regards to the body cams, uh, yeah, I mean I, I might have to defer to Chief McPhee because I know he sits on the Alberta Association of Chiefs of Police. Um, I would just say that uh, we're still talking with the Alberta Association of Chiefs of Police. Um, I still have some, um, we'll say, idea ideas. Um, we're we're kind of limited in scope as as far as. Um, what vendors that we have available to us, and I think there's a right now there's a bit of a decision that is being made whether the police agencies themselves are going to go uh, in a in a we'll say I want to say a certain direction are, are going to attempt to procure something, or maybe uh, maybe the province might procure something in order to alleviate some of the costs. Again, that that stuff that is just ongoing at the moment. I don't. Know, do you have anything else to add? No. No. I, I, I think just with with. Um, with the complaints investigation, you know, I know that uh, the ministry is already looking at putting some secondments in there from various sectors to build it. We're getting regular updates. We think it's uh, obviously on task uh, for getting done, hopefully, in the next uh, year. Um, you know, not to certainly, um, that's not being a former deputy, it's not an easy task, but it's, it's pretty hopeful and it's something that we all wanted. And then on body cams, um, we have a committee that began AACP, as you know, a couple of the organizations or police service already have body cams. So what we're trying to do is for consistency of purposes, we need to make sure that we got one uh, benchmark on how we disclose, how we do all these different things. So those things are being currently worked out. 
our anticipation is that hopefully will go quickly uh, and then the province obviously trying to unify that and, and I think makes it easier for all of us rather than us trying to do it all separately. So, you know, we're, we'll wait for some more direction on that, but I think it's getting closer by the day. All right, I don't see any more questions on the floor. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. I'll uh, get our operator to put through our first caller for his question. Jonathan Bradley, Western Standard. Hello, Minister Ellis. Thank you for taking my question. You spoke about the decline in downtown Edmonton's conditions over the last few years. What do you think is contributing the most to that decline? Very public about this and um, and, and respectful. Um, you know, I appreciate. Um, you know, there are certain governments they, you know try to implement certain policies. I, I respect that, you know, the government wins and they try to implement policies. Um, you know, the federal government has taken a bit of a soft on crime approach. Um, the, the reality is it, it has, that that soft on crime approach has created an environment that has allowed organized crime to thrive with little or no accountability. And um, this is why you are seeing a lot of the brazen uh, acts of violence that you are seeing, um, not just in Alberta, but really throughout Canada. This is why you're seeing shots being fired in malls and, and um, unfortunately, uh, people that are uh, being affected by that. So, um, you know, I am going to be optimistic in regards to C-48. Uh, I know the, the uh, chief touched on that. C-48 has uh, received uh, royal assent. Um, I have been working with Minister Amory. I, I have um, asked him to make sure that we keep uh, statistics uh, on this to find out that is C48, if it is actually going to be impactful to see if uh, those who are violent repeat criminal offenders are actually going to be detained in custody uh, in order to um, uh, help protect the public. And so we're a bit uh, of a wait and see. But that being said, uh, this is why we're doing all these other initiatives, making sure that we're getting you know, police officers on the street, that we got uh, sheriffs, uh, of course, in the city of, of Edmonton, which I'm, I'm told are still being um, quite effective. Um, I've certainly have had multiple requests from other jurisdictions throughout Alberta uh, in regards to that as well. So I hope that answers your question. Um, did you have a okay. follow-up question? Yes. My follow-up question is, you've spoken multiple times about officer presence and how uh, Alberta needs more officers in the streets. Why does officer presence matter? Thanks. Uh, officer presence matters because it makes a difference. Um, it uh, makes a difference in a sense that if I am said bad person and I see that police officer walking the beat, um, am I less likely to commit a crime? Yeah, the answer is yes. And this is why I've been very vocal about this, uh, certainly since I've been in this position for the last year probably before that, but uh, I will just say over the last year, I've been saying this is why we need to have a, a, a visible officer presence, uh, officers walking the beats, whether it be in Edmonton in the Chinatown area, where it be walking the streets of Calgary, where it be not only on the LRT um, uh, stations themselves, but riding, riding the cars. Um, people deserve to feel safe. Everyone feels, uh, um, needs to have a sense of safety, 
Um, we have all rights. We have a right not to get randomly stabbed. We have a right not to inhale secondhand crystal meth smoke. Um, you know, and this is not something that should be taken for granted. This is something that is very important and that officer presence does make an actual difference. And we've seen that. Uh, this concludes our uh, announcement. That's all the time we have for today. I'd just like to thank everyone for, uh, for showing up. Thank you.